Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. This week's episode is called Minds of God. Today is our last week in our God's Boundless Diversity series. It has been such an amazing journey full of so many conversations about all of the amazing ways that we are each made differently in the image of God, the similarities that we have, and all of the different intersections that are in each of us. Today, our focus is going to be neurodiversity, and we have two guests who are here for the conversation today. Today, I'm so excited to welcome John and Brittany Davis to All Places Together. Brittany is an occupational therapist and lead assistive technology for a school system. She works across all of the different schools, so she works with students of all different ages. Brittany has a master's in occupational therapy and ATP certification. John is the coordinator of educational technology for Encircle. He has a master's in educational technology and also has classroom experience as well. They are married and have been married for almost 13 years. They have three kids and a dog and they like to camp as a family. In their free time, John is also a karate instructor and Brittany does CrossFit, so both very inspirational there. And they also love to play board games and Settlers of Catan is their all-time favorite. Welcome to All Places Together. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) We're so happy to have you here. It's always good to connect with a fellow Catan player. That's right. (laughs) So we're here today to talk about neurodivergence. And this is a word that I don't think I've known for all that long, like maybe only a year or two. And so I was wondering if you could start with defining it for us. Sure. Well, neurodivergence as a word is pretty new in the world, but it just basically means that people's brains are different. And you can look at that in the narrow scope of you know, people who have a specific diagnosis or are their brains work different from the norm. Is that the right word, norm? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to wait Stere- for a second. Like stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. Like the statistical norm. Yes. Like yes. the middle yes. of uh, average people. Yep. Yeah. But another way to look at it is everyone's different. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. brain processes things in a different way. Uh, for example, how do I know that the way I see the color green is the same as the way you see the color green? Well, yeah. Science tells us that it's not, actually. Everybody's brain processes that differently. And so everyone's brain works differently. And so in your kind of professional realms, like, do you find that people talk about it in one of these ways more commonly, like that everyone is neurodivergent? Or like in your professional world, like, do you focus in on the neurodivergence being like linked to a particular diagnosis? I think in the medical field, probably it's more connected to a diagnosis because we we use, you know, a, a normal brain and then neurodivergency is the atypical of that. So different from the, the standard idea of how a brain functions. Um, so I think that in the medical world, it's a little bit different. I think 
even personally, we think a little bit different than that. Um, I know John John and I have had conversations about how everyone's brain, again, works differently um, and how how we all have different ways of um, processing information. Um, All of us maybe have trauma in our past lives, and so that definitely can play into neurodivergency. Um, All of us may be on the spectrum at some, you know, end or the other. So I think it it depends on what world you kind of live in or what what professional or person you're talking to um, on how they decide what neurodivergency is for them. Yeah. Right. As somebody from the education world, I was a classroom teacher. We start by looking at meeting every student where they are and every student learns a bit different. So how do you reach everyone? which includes people with diagnoses. Uh, Also, growing up with ADHD, I was always thinking about, well, yeah, everybody's brain's different. That doesn't mean that I'm necessarily weird or abnormal. It's everybody's different. Yeah. Well, even as you're saying that, you're saying that too, that there's not a value difference for between people based on how their brain works. Like it is different and maybe how we care for people, how you teach them, these types of things, you might need to have different strategies, but it's not that one person is better than another. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, corner of my faith too, is that our value does not come from what we can do or do do. It's not actions that grant us salvation. It's God. Yeah, exactly. And God created people and their brains, and they work in all of these different ways. Right. So I have to think in some way, God's mind probably works in all of these different ways, too. Right. Like, in different ways. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Right. So what are some of the diagnoses that would be categorized within neurodivergence? <laughs> There's uh, plenty. Um, ADHD, um, the autism spectrum, um, mental health issues dyslexia, um, dyscalculia. Um, those are learning. Um, so I don't know dyscalculia. Oh, um, I didn't even say it right. Dyscalculia. dyscalculia. I, I would like to look up the definition for you. Um, it, it has to do with numbers. Um, it's a difficulty understanding numbers, learning how to manipulate numbers, perform math- mathematical calculations, etc. So it's not just flipping the numbers because that would that still be dyslexia? Mm-hmm. Like when you flip the numbers, but dyscalculia is like how yeah. they... Yeah. Work. Mm-hmm. So that's a really broad group of diagnoses. Like, I guess I, I think I just kind of thought that it was like autism and ADHD. I didn't realize how broad that was. Yeah, it's pretty broad. Um, and I think that's also why we don't necessarily think that it's just like a group of people. It kind of opens it up to everybody kind of fits in those categories in some way, shape or form. Mental health being a category in itself. I mean, especially nowadays, like that's a huge part of the population. So yeah, even true depression is a category of neurodivergence. So Mm -hmm. I mean, how common is that these days? Yeah, a lot more common. I think especially these past two years with the pandemic, like we've all been through this like huge collective trauma. Exactly. Yeah. I actually found a, um, like a graphic or something that kind of gave you an idea of all the different um, neurodivergent categories that I thought was really interesting. Um, 
And there's actually acquired neurodiversity in there too. So like your ability to adapt to your environment. And I think that's huge, especially with what's gone on in the past two years with COVID and people being secluded in their homes and things like that. So, yeah. 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 I know like as we've started to kind of come out of the pandemic in different ways, like being in certain situations, it's like, oh yeah, how do I do this? Right. Like I used to do this fine, but now it's, it's harder. Yeah. So you both have connections with schools in in different ways, um, and in particular programs that educate and support students with these diagnoses, among others as well. And I know that it isn't your role to talk about your faith with your students, um, but I wonder if you could share um, stories or an experience about how you experienced God through your students. I think for me, all of my students, um, whether they have a disability or not, because I, I come into contact with students of all abilities, um, I think all of them um, kind of show or show me God through the ways that that they work throughout the day. So they are um, more likely to give grace or more likely to forgive their friends. They're faster to do those things than maybe us as adults are. Um, and I think that's just a, a childlike thing. I don't think that that's necessarily, you know, neurodivergency, you know, being shown um, or God being thrown shown through neurodivergency. In the Minnick schools and also uh, the school I taught as a classroom teacher, worked a lot with students who were either economically disadvantaged or had some sort of um, neurodivergency. And just working with that community has always been my calling to work with the kids who nobody else wants to. Mm -hmm. yeah. The kids who other teachers would send out of the room because they were a distraction or they were causing trouble. So we'll go sit in Mr. Davis's class. Yeah. But that's how I think we all should live. And why wouldn't we reach out to those? Why wouldn't we include those people in our community? I mean, Jesus didn't choose to have dinner with, you know, the politicians and the <laughs> fancy people. He was yeah. eating with the outcasts. Mm -hmm. I kind of I like that take on it. Uh, the population of students that I definitely interact with um, come from all walks of life, um, all backgrounds. They all have uh, different things that they've lived through in their lives. And you definitely have to, you know, take a different look on life, um, especially with behaviors that you see um, in the schools and not just react to, oh, they're being, you know, a bad kid or, you know, they're just acting out more than likely it is a response to something that they have either seen or gone through. Um, and so it's not necessarily that I see God in them, but I see the ability to show God to them through giving grace and things like that too. So yeah. maybe it goes both ways. We see, we see them being fast to forgive, fast to give grace, but then also we have the ability to provide that grace and forgiveness to them. Yeah, to be an adult in their life who takes the extra time mm -hmm. to get to know them, to try to see that bigger picture, to right. understand how their brain is work, maybe unpack some of what they've gone yes. to. Yeah. 
like, and really try to, like, uplift and empower them to right. make it through school. Right. Which hopefully, for some students, I guess, what are some of the outcomes for some of the students that you are working with, like, within the neurodivergence community? As I was speaking, I realized I had another question there. I think our goal for every student is the same, is to give them the most productive and happy life that they can have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that looks different for everyone. I mean, what's what a productive and happy life looks like for me may not be the same as what it looks like for you. So, sure, yeah, you know, that's a great point. Yeah, for someone, I might be going to college and having a career, and somebody it might just be, hey, I can live independently, or I can, you know, take a bus to my job at the grocery store. To boil it down, it's it's all the same. It's What's the most productive and happy life we can provide you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think you're totally right in saying that, that that's different for all people. That definition of like what a happy and full life looks like, like mm-hmm. regardless of how our brain works. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. You're talking about uh, kids at the, I don't remember what you said, but uh, my ADHD brain went straight to kid throwing a temper tantrum in classroom and flipping desks to Jesus flipping over tables in the no. <laughs> temple. Yeah. yeah, which like in the life of the church is like coming around soon, yes. right? Yep. Yeah, like yep. that. that is a way to be like Jesus is to turn tables over when things aren't the way they should be. <laughs> when you're upset. Yeah. 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 Was there something in particular that drew you to wanting to do this type of work? Um, was it just kind of like where the job opening was, or was there like an experience in, which is fine, you know, that's how life goes some way, or like, was there an experience in your life, in each of your lives independently, perhaps, or together, that like drew you to want to do this type of work? You did the um, summer program when Mm -hmm. you were in. Yeah, I actually ran from being a teacher at first. (laughs) Uh, I actually, in freshman year of college, I was a youth ministry major but then switched over to education and did a summer with a program called CDF Freedom Schools, which is out of the Ella Baker Fund. It comes from the the uh, Freedom School movement, from the Civil Rights Movement. So it's a program to help students who are at risk or disadvantaged. Uh, and that, that was a life-changing summer. I mm. encourage everybody to look up that program. You know, having a little boy in third grade look at you and say, you don't talk like other white people. Mm. And what what do you mean? Well, you talk to me like I'm a real person. It's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So after that, I was hooked. (laughs) Yeah. And so I got into education, was a middle school science teacher for a while, and then got my master's in educational technology and it was a phone call out of the blue. I applied online just to a random job post and they called me and said they want to interview me. I said, sure, why not? And then nine years later, here I am. For me, uh, pediatrics was definitely, pediatrics being children, um, was definitely a calling of mine. Um, I, when I was in OT school, I kind of, I jumped around major wise for a while. I was pre-med and then athletic training and then finally landed on occupational therapy. But K 
kids have always been kind of my calling. Um, and when I was in school, it was very much, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to work in the geriatric population. I don't want to work with adults. I ended up loving that as well, um, just through experiences. But um, I was in pediatrics when I began, and then we moved up here. Um, and I worked for a skilled nursing facility for a while. And I just really missed working with kids. I think it was a good break because I had babies. And so I think working with kids and coming home to babies probably wouldn't have been the best too mixed. Much. <laughs> um, but they, you Mix know, they were, a little bit right, they were day. a little bit older. And so um, getting into the schools, uh, it just happened to be a job opening that um, actually, I think John's boss was the one who was like, hey, there's an opening in, in the school system. So I applied for it. And I've enjoyed, you know, from the occupational therapy side, I've loved treating the kids, um, getting to experience different um, abilities throughout the school system. Um, and then that kind of led me into assistive technology, which helps me kind of see a different side of it um, and helps me to find the best things that work for them in their classrooms technology wise. Um, so that, I, I don't know. I've I've enjoyed that side of it too. Definitely. Yeah. The creativity of occupational therapy has yeah. always been something that's really like <laughs> interested me. Yes. That like you're presented with, I mean, maybe not a, maybe a problem, mm -hmm. but yeah. like something that you're trying to figure yeah. out and it's not a one size fits all. No, no, it's definitely a, a puzzle. I would say I'm presented with a puzzle, okay. you know, and how, what's the most functional and easy way for, you know, that person to complete that puzzle. Um, and I, I definitely, I definitely enjoy that side. Um, like evaluating a student is probably my favorite part. I, I love treating, but I also think that there is a um, special place for our OT assistants who are very like treatment oriented. And I learn way more from them than they could learn from me. But I love evaluating a puzzle and saying, this is what the issue is, or this is where the function's kind of breaking down, and this is how we can fix it. And then I hand it off and let them, you know, be very creative with the treatment plans. But yeah, it is definitely uh, an area that, you know, nothing is ever the same. There are no two children with autism who are exactly the same. Their treatments will never be the same. One thing could work for them and, you know, not work for the other students. So it's definitely... It's fun and it keeps you on your toes <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and, I, and that's such like a good nuance too there at the end that all people with autism aren't the same. Mm -hmm. Like all mm -hmm. people with ADHD aren't the same. All the people with like dyslexia aren't the same. Right. Like even within all of these mm -hmm. different diagnoses, like there's a total, each would have like, would you call it like a spectrum within each of them or... Oh, I think, I mean, I think there is, I think there's definitely, you know, a range. Absolutely. I, I think the word spectrum has certain connotations, but it's just, people are different. Everyone's different. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also day to day. I think that like mm -hmm. even yourself, like your diagnoses, I, I don't necessarily want to, because I also think there's like a, a, a negative connotation to the word diagnosis. Like it's a bad yes. thing, yeah. um, especially, you know when we're talking about autism or ADHD, um, there definitely is a negative connotation to that. And I think I, I always want to try and change that mindset that these are not necessary, their abilities, they're just different abilities that we have. Um, and so our students with ADHD, instead of saying they can't do this, 
they can hyper-focus on something and and complete something faster than most people can. Um, You know, our students with autism, um, they can maybe sense things that we can't sense. Like they have abilities, not necessarily um, disabilities. And, you know, I've I'd like to try and change that that conversation with people when they're talking about um, our students, you know, in the schools, um, just because we don't always look at what they can do. We often are like, well, they can't do this. okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they can do this. And let's so let's, you know, kind of help them to do what they can do. One of the cool things about working with students with disabilities is getting to see the gifts they have. Like we have a student who can freehand without looking at anything, draw cartoon characters mm-hmm. like he traced them. And it's like, how did you do that? I, you know, I'd have to yeah. look at at least look at a picture to, can just draw it. Uh, so, you know, every student has a gift of some kind. You know, talk about God's graces and gifts that he gives us. And I don't know what it is about the human condition and that makes it so hard for us to see the gifts of people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we all have them. It's just how do we get over that image of them being broken or damaged in some way and look at, there's just a person with different gifts. Their body might work a little bit different. Right. Their brains look different. But right. again, like like we've said here, um, and we had another episode that really focused all on disability as well. And like we said it there too, like actually mm-hmm. everybody's mind and body is different. And that's just part of right part of who we are and how this thing called life works. Right. That actually reminded me, I think you, one of the questions that you asked was what's, have you seen something in your students or I don't even, I don't know what it was, but I can tell you a like aha moment for seeing the things that our students can do instead of what they can't. Um, was actually very recent. We had a student who, um, had no functional communication. We couldn't figure, or the people who were around him said he can't communicate with us. He can't communicate with us. Um, and so we um, ended up setting up a communication device for him. And he was able to say a full sentence, I want to play with the yellow car that somebody had brought in. And it made the worker cry oh. because she said, you know, I've had several days, um, days, it's months that, that they've been with him, that she hasn't known what he wanted and he was able to say with the device, I want to play with the yellow car. And they played with the yellow car for 10 minutes while we just sat there in awe of the fact that he communicated with her. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So taking taking the time and having the team to be able to figure out these situations mm-hmm. because people, everyone has a gift right. that they can share. Right. Yeah. And they thought he could not communicate and oh. he could communicate. He just needed a way to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Just did it differently. Yeah. Yeah positives of the job. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, like it, I think it also gets to the point of like a uh, person centered language and mm-hmm. that yes. like, you're yes. not, you're not the, all these different things that we're talking about, all these diagnoses are adjectives and are part of a whole mm-hmm. that your students are also, you know, sons or daughters or children. They play sports, like they're artists, they're creative, they're you know, all these other things as well. Like they're not just autism. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. So John, you work at Encircle, which is a Lutheran affiliated social service agency. And so I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what Encircle offers those with autism and other developmental challenges as well. 
Sure. So, of course, we've got the Minick Schools, who works with students with any difficulty succeeding in in a public school setting. So that could be a behavioral disability, that could be a, a neurological disability like autism or Asperger's or Down syndrome. But for one reason or another, they have been sent to us to get the skills to go back to their public school and be successful. We also have developmental services and day support, which works with adults with disabilities to provide them care or uh, things to do during the day, uh, group homes that allow these people to live independently or have lives at all. Because some of these individuals may not have parents to take care of them anymore. So, you know, they're 50, 60 years old living with a disability. And so we have group homes to uh, help care for them. We've got treatment foster care, which is really designed for families who adopt a child who needs extra support, whether it's through trauma or some other thing that just, it's not an easy transition. We also have picked up um, immigrant and refugee services for like student students, children who have been displaced from Mexico, don't have a family, where are they going to go? So yeah, InCircle's really great about serving communities and families and individuals with disabilities or just differences. And it's all across Virginia. It is. All across Virginia. And actually recently we purchased some group homes in West Virginia. So we expanded a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And InCircle kind of has parallel organizations in other states as well that have a variety of different names, but are also kind of Lutheran affiliated and do this type of work too. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole plethora of faith-based or faith-affiliated human services organizations out there. I believe the Methodists have similar Mm -hmm. service organizations and so do Baptists and Lutherans do as well. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of wherever you are, even if you're not in Virginia, like chances are Mm -hmm. there is a faith-based... Um, human services agency that is helping absolutely with one of these things or all of these things as well. Yeah. And one of the things we like to say is that, you know, we're founded in faith, but we're open to all. You know, mm-hmm. what we do has a core of faith and values, but the we serve everyone. In my previous church, we had folks who were on the board of Encircle and we worked a lot with one of the particular Minnick schools. And you don't have to be like Lutheran or right. <laughs> like even Christian <laughs> to like work at Encircle or any of the Minnick schools. Like you don't have to be a person of faith to no. benefit, benefit from this uh, services. It's just one of the ways that, yeah, we like work together as a body of Christ, as people to care for one another. So I'd love to wrap up our time together by inviting you each to reflect and share a Bible verse or a passage or a character um, that maybe like supports you in your work with students. Like y'all, I know it's been like a hard time to be a teacher and in schools Mm -hmm. these past two years, like in general, or maybe like John, as you live with your ADHD, like, I mean, just kind of open-ended Within this conversation, like, are there Bible verses or passages that come to mind? We have. (laughs) I got notes. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. We did. You know, one of my favorite stories of the Bible is the Good Samaritan. And we talk about how that story is about all of us are 
neighbors in Christ, and we all serve each other and love each other. Um, so that was one of the one I was stuck on in my head. Can I do a little bit of a recap for the Good Samaritan in case folks Absolutely. aren't familiar Please with do. the story? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there's it's an, and, it's, and it's a story that Jesus tells, and there's a man who's walking on the road, either to or from Jericho, the Jericho Road, and he gets like beat up by a group of people. And the man, I think he's Jewish. He's from uh, Jerusalem. He's from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so uh, these different people walk by, like people that you might expect to like help a person who's in need. Like a priest walks by and the priest's like, nope, like not getting involved in this. Um, like people from this man's like culture and tradition walk by and don't ha- don't help him. Um, but then a Samaritan comes and a Samaritan is like the opposite everything of this man like he's a different social group like a different religion like they're kind of like at odds for each other so it's really crossing like a lot of boundaries for the samaritan man to help and like he helps and he goes above and beyond right like he carries him or gets him on the donkey somehow they get to an inn (laughs) yeah and he pays for the inn for the night says whatever his needs are i'll come back tomorrow and pay for it which on the surface is awesome but then when you get into the like background of these two cultures and how taboo it was for them to even be together. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's a really cool story. And then like Jesus wraps it up with saying like, okay, who was a neighbor to this man? Like these people that had all of this stuff in common with him or this person who had nothing in common with him, but cared for him and like loved him. Right. So that's the one that was really stuck on in my head. So I did some digging and reading, and the I'm going to read it because I don't want to say it wrong. So Psalms 139, verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. Which is really cool because that speaks to we are all made in God's image. No matter what our gifts, talents, abilities, disabilities, quirks, whatever, we're all in God's image. So love yourself, love each other, be neighbors. Yeah, and like, and don't be afraid to, or maybe, maybe it's okay to be afraid. So actually, maybe it's okay to be afraid, but like, don't let that fear hold you back from like crossing the boundaries into an uncomfortable place to care for people who are in need. Like, like God is crossing that boundary with you. Like God's already on the other side of that boundary and like in that person too. And yeah, because we're all made in God's image. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you actually, if you just, so I looked up that same verse um, and even before the, you're fearfully and wonderfully made for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So saying like, God made you the way you are. So obviously that is a beautiful and wonderful creation. And so we, as humans should look at the beauty in everybody in their diversity and in the way that they think and the way that they do things, um, finding finding the the godlike in them um, because we are made in his image. Um, and so um, it's funny that our, our two things kind of fit together and I didn't even realize that was the one uh, that you were looking shut. at. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
I think we look at, it's funny that we can look at that same verse and not see two different things, but come at it from two different angles. Isn't the Bible cool? Oh, <laughs> right, so that's always fancy. the way. Right, that's always the way. And like you come back to a story like yeah. later in life and it says something different. I mean, sometimes even the next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 God's always speaking and doing a new thing. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, Brittany, for being a part of this conversation today, for sharing your experience and wisdom with All Places Together. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you. A prayer for the minds of God. Mother Wisdom, you are the source of all life, the creator of our bodies, the breath of our souls, and the spark in our minds. Each mind is holy and works in a way that you understand. All minds are of your mind. Guide each of us as we seek to express ourselves, contribute to our communities, and understand one another. Grant patience and creativity to those who work with and support those with autism, dyslexia, ADHD, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, and other conditions. May your compassion and dignity be shown between individuals and caregivers so that each may know your grace and creative possibilities more. Remind us that your love is always with us, however our minds work. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope that you heard God too. It has meant so much to me to hear so much positive feedback about our God's Boundless Diversity series that we have concluded today. I learned so much and have experienced so much grace and joy from these conversations. I hope that you have too. I want to say a big thank you to all of the guests who have shared their time, wisdom, knowledge, and love with us. This series would not have been the same without you. Easter is just around the corner. All Places Together will be celebrating Easter with our next mixtape and also with Zoom communion. If you are a first-time or regular listener to the podcast, you are welcome to join us for communion on Monday, April 18th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now you may be thinking Easter Sunday is April 17th, but here at All Places Together, we always do things a little bit different. We're gathering on Monday night to give space for our family and for traditional worship if that's something that you do. I'll be sharing the link to Zoom along with some instructions on how to participate via email. So please reach out if you would like to get on that list. I also want to say 
You don't have to have had communion before in your life to be a part of this online gathering. And you're also welcome to come even if you don't want to take communion. Email me at allplacestogether at gmail.com to get on the list or if you have any questions. That's allplacestogether at gmail.com. A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thanks to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters just like you. We know that it can be hard to give financially. We celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life and engage with our community throughout the week. Don't forget, you can find us and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok. The handle is the same on each platform, All Places Together. Your comments, likes, and shares help spread the love of all places to reach more people in even more places. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.